to I Love That For You, the podcast that celebrates the late bloomers and trailblazers of all walks of life. I'm Red. I'm Kelly. And oh boy, Kelly, I have to say, (laughs) there's so many things going on and there's just been, I feel like every episode I'm always like, start with that. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. And I have nothing to add because it's about, it's all about what you're doing because you're doing so much. (laughs) It feels like every other day is just like, and there's something new. And now my life is going in this direction. And I don't know. I'm, I know we've talked about how my motto is kind of do it for the story. Yep. And I think now that I'm in my thirties and I don't know if you feel this way, but I've kind of been like. I'm doing that thing that everybody kind of talks about, about, oh yeah, your 30s are about doing the things that you wanted to do as a kid, mm-hmm. but now you don't care what other people think. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly. I still have to I learn mean, that part of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely getting to that phase of it because I'm excited about some potential big life changes that do I'm doing. Tell. I know. I, we've been we've been talking about this off the pod about when do you want to say this? When do you want to say this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> officially applied to go back to school. Yeah. Because as as I w- loved to do when I was younger, I loved makeup and I've been exploring that. And so I have applied to go to a college to study to become a makeup artist. Oh. In my home country of Canada. <laughs> I it makes so much sense, but if you had told yourself this maybe 5 years ago you'd be like what the fuck? But like your makeup is always on point. You oh, are you do the pinup thing as well. Okay, and okay. <laughs> you just have the best style. I envy you. I want to learn from you and you're oh. so good at it. Like if it, like it's like of course to me, but to you I'm sure you're like well, this wasn't on my bingo card <laughs> for no. this year or for life. <laughs> no, I mean, well, you and I are both writers and we're both very creative people. And it's just that doesn't go away wanting to still write and still be a freelance copywriter. But I think was the big shakeup was I had the layoff and I was like, what do I want to do? Like, I'm tired of just taking jobs for the sake of taking jobs and mm-hmm. not doing what makes me happy. And yeah. like the freelance write writing is, it's fine in the sense of it's work and I'm finding some cool projects, but I felt like there was more I wanted to do because you know me, I can't just settle for one thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> That's what you do best, Red. And I, 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 I applaud you. I don't know how you juggle so many things, but you do it so well. And you're, oh. you're, you're kind of killing it. Like, I, I know you don't feel that way, but all these endeavors. I will say, uh, you don't see the moments where I am screaming into a pillow going, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> and Caboose is like, uh, you good, mom? <laughs> oh, no. He's literally just like, oh, this again? <laughs> This is old hat. This is just a Tuesday. He's like, she's late on today's crisis. That's weird. <laughs> uh, can we talk about Hollywood's crisis and my own? Like, I'm in the same boat. Trust me. I mean, how uh, are you doing? With all yeah, that? we'll go to me because I'm quicker. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's usually what it is. Uh, well, first off, if we're we're doing our did you know I'm in a karaoke league count? We get we got it in four minutes in, people. So we lost. <laughs> last night it's okay 
But I I feel like I'm the common thread because we lost the first week. They won the week I was gone. And then we lost yesterday when I was there. It was very sad. But... Well, tell us about the performance. Like what was the... Some people don't even know what a karaoke league is. So can you kind of go into this whole Why, what thank you. happens during a regular... I like, sure can. It is called the LA Karaoke League. And this particular one meets up at a a bar in North Hollywood and it's every Wednesday and there are I wasn't even in the league but there were were eight teams at one point which is a lot and you'll go against like red will go against green and then you know yellow will go against pink (laughs) I know (laughs) yeah who's green it's your nemesis red yeah exactly Christmas always our worst time yeah your worst enemy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, we uh, this time we're called the Red Hot Silly Peppers. That's my team. And I was Ooh. on actually the red team last team. We were the team formerly known as Buttholes. Um, so <laughs> I think red is a common theme in my life, Red. I'm always on the red team in your honor. Well, uh, <laughs> oh, love it. Also, and... I can tell this is a very serious league given these titles. Yeah. Oh, very. Extremely. Like, mm. This is life and death. This is this is a religion, people. Like We, mm. we mean business. <laughs> And some teams do. The pink team, they are unstoppable. I think they've won every single matchup. So how it works is you have a soloist round where you're soloing a song based on the theme. And this week's theme was uh, Scrabble, which was uh, we were given, we had to pull a letter out of a hat weeks ago and we got the letter G. So all Uh of the songs had to be with the letter G for example. So yeah, you have to solo and these people are elaborate. They are theater, uh, former theater nerds and they mean business and they bring out all the props, all the costumes, all the Amazon uh, packages that you will return the next day because that's what Amazon does. (laughs) Thank God. Um, (laughs) But yeah, all the cardboard props. Um, So there's a solo round. And then uh, the round closes after all the teams have done their matchups and you vote on this app and the the audience votes. And then round two is a duo or trio number. And again, the audience will vote and then they close that round. And then the third round is the group round where all of your members are on stage. And our group number last night was Genie in a Bottle. And I was a sexy genie trying to copy Christina Aguilera's choreography and epically failing but our little joke on the end of it to throw back to my team from last last season was one of the genies that came out was a genie in a butthole so it was a messed up genie shout out to the other Kelly our team captain hello Kelly if you're listening and she did a great job she had like a prosthetic nose and like teeth missing and like was a (laughs) fucked up genie and I I think we did an amazing job but we lost because <laughs> the other teams are so good and we're just having fun. But I too long didn't read. I am the common theme of why we lose. I am convinced. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I, know. Um, I would say though, there's a lot like from the videos I've seen and like also knowing who's involved. Like it's so funny. Cause I did not realize how popular this was. And it turns out like I have other friends who are in this league as well. I'm on her team too. You're a good friend. Yeah. Lacey, (laughs) if you're listening. Hi. Hey, Lacey. Love you. She's a Uh, queen at singing. Like she 
she was doing this for a long time and I didn't even know like it was a whole league thing, but she used to bring me to these karaoke nights and God, she loved it so much. So I'm not surprised at all that she got involved, but it just was the weirdest thing when I'd see a post from you or like a story. And then all of a sudden I was like, am I seeing like Kelly's again? Why am I seeing? Wait, this is Lisa. (laughs) What's happening here? And I'm like, the world is such a small place that, you know, you would cross paths like that and just like two totally different parts of my life just connecting that way and I'm like the power of music (laughs) it really it's true like that is a great love of mine and glad I found these people they are family from another mister or sisters and mister sisters and brothers (laughs) from another mister (laughs) what's the saying yeah sister from another mister or brothers from another mother there it is that's thank you red uh I I love yeah (laughs) thank you I have a lot of those I have other siblings and stuff like that and from yeah who are not directly siblings and I just uh that sounds like I mean it's a lot of work but a lot of work but a lot of fun and next week is pride week and we're doing you know lgbt artists or however you want to interpret it so I'm going to be duetting in the second number with crocodile rock so I will be a crocodile to the Elton John, and I will at some point bite his hand off. (laughs) So getting some Captain Hook in there as well. Yes, of course. Of course. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be LGBT. Well, that song is a hook, so well done. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did. So I'm excited for that. I guess, you know, the writer's strike is still going on for the foreseeable Mm -hmm. future. The industry is still kind of at a shutdown, but it's interesting. I have these other projects I can't really say anything about, but got an interesting email about one of them that it wasn't my project, but it's a project that came to me. I'm involved with Mm -hmm. it. And I, you know, don't necessarily then have the attachment to it that I would if it had been mine. But ironically, this project is getting real legs that I did not expect to happen so it's funny like things that I thought I would have on my bingo card this year have gone completely 180 to a completely different thing that could become who knows it's still early obviously things change quickly but maybe this could become a thing and I could be working on this thing that I never saw in my future never saw me working on um so it's interesting like just don't plan anything life will always throw something else that you read like you know this <laughs> like I you do. just gotta and go with the flow and, and pivot <laughs> I know but I think it's really important too though that like while I know it's not really you consider it not really your passion mm-hmm. it's somebody else that's close to you's passion mm-hmm. and so helping that happen for someone else I think is so important totally and I don't know I just have been thinking a lot about that lately because there's a lot of people lately who I've been just seeing they're trying to do the things that mean so much to them and mm-hmm. they're not being met with the same, you know, support and kind of love. I mean, we talked about pride and by the time this year's pride month will be over. Long but, over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like that doesn't. It's evergreen red because I get annoyed. I know, I don't know about you, but all you know, the corporate media jumps on June and then it's like July 1st. Uh, what now? (laughs) Yeah, like it's just forgotten. Yeah, right. And that's what frustrates me. And I've been seeing some things of just like, you know, just I work with the public, I have like some part time gigs that I'm doing that bring me into the public, and I just see someone who like. 
you know, they have their pronouns on like a name tag or something like that. And just people blatantly ignoring it and just saying what they think the person looks like or saying, you know, well, you're clearly this. And it's like, you know, if you're non-binary or if you're that, I'm all about whatever makes people happy. I Mm -hmm. understand that I am a very straight heterosexual white lady ditto <laughs> right and like yeah. but i didn't choose to be this like mm-hmm. trust me i did not choose men um <laughs> if i had a choice in the matter yes uh, i think i'd just be alone <laughs> i think so too <laughs> it's still on the cards <laughs> if you want i mean it is it is but like yeah. at the same time you know when something is just so true to who you are and it's like yeah. you can't deny that and that's actually going to tie in with our person today who um yeah just really wanted to live their truth but was in a time period of you know people just not accepting it and unfortunately I mean we still see it today but I think this is somebody who I think we can learn a lot from and also is actually pretty inspiring the way that they did what they needed to in order to live more in who they are and you know, I love me a good historical figure. I was going to uh, say, I always do the uh, recent ones. You're the historical deep dive <laughs> maverick. Hey, <listen. laughs> Our new best friend, R.I.P. Inga. Um, she, yes, Inga. Shout out. Love. She oh. she was historical in a way. like she, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, she. I mean, her sound of recent. music life. Yeah, she yeah. was. She's so cool. I wanted to be her friend. I still yeah. am. You know what, Inga? You're my friend. I consider you my friend. <laughs> yep. All Love the people her. we talk about are all, all the our people. Uh, Marilyn, Ella, Inga, uh, uh, <laughs> Judith, and now, uh, yeah. I, oh, and Vera. Don't forget Vera. Who are we talking about today, Red? Yes. Well, I wanted to bring somebody, as I said, I wanted to. Well, of course, it's me, the single one who wants to bring a man into the room. Um, (laughs) As always. We are going to be talking about Alan L. Hart. As I said, this is some history. So how far do you think we're going to go in our story today? Oh, we're going back. Oh, boy. Are we going to the 1800s? You are so smart. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you asked, I was like, it can't be 19. It has to be 18. Well, I mean, uh, because certain age generations would be like, oh, a while ago? What was that? The 90s? Oh, God. Triple up The early 2000s, you know, 20-something <laughs> years ago. And I'm like, quiet. Quiet, <laughs> That's quiet. just how old I am. I'm like, oh, 1800s. Yeah. So, Alan L. Hart was born October 4th, 1890. So that's how far back we're going. And in Hall's Summit, Kansas. And was the only child of Albert and Edna Hart. Now, unfortunately... Alan's father would die when Alan was just two years old during the typhoid fever epidemic. Like, this is how far back we're going. Oh, my God. And so Edna and Alan would move to Oregon, where Edna would remarry in 1895, and they would move to Albany, Oregon. I was like, (laughs) what? They moved to New York? And then they're like, that's in Oregon. I was very confused. Yeah, they have an Albany there, too. Multiple articles noted that Hart, who I'm going to call them by this, so not to dead name during this episode, regarded herself as a boy, that's the quote, Mm -hmm. throughout adolescence and played male roles in games and dressed in boys' clothing. Hart would also become old enough to learn of their father's death and allegedly said, someday I will grow to be a man, my mother's caretaker. Wow. Already, like, just trying to also be supportive, but 
the way that they kind of viewed themselves was very interesting. Also, through some articles and writings, they say that Hart secretly started fantasizing about marrying their female high school teacher, Hmm. but would picture themselves as a man during this. All right, there's a sign. (laughs) That's a sign. Follow that. (laughs) But unfortunately, because of this kind of gender dysmorphia, like not really knowing, they actually got teased about their looks. And as one article put it, uh, there was an awkward demeanor in his performance as a female. Hmm. So does, because does of that, that just like just how presented themselves? Or? Yeah, how they presented like while they were being female, hmm. it just kind of, there was something awkward about it. Hmm. And so they kind of became focused on their studies due to the alienation and became really good at their studies because of that. Um, they became a talented writer, a photographer, and a mandolinist. Oh, right! Like that's fun. Last time, other than <laughs> I think the Goo Goo Dolls, uh, yeah. Iris. I haven't heard a mandolin being played in like forever. Me either. Yeah, no, never, never really right? hear mandolinists. <laughs> right, and so this was all by the time they graduated high school as salad saladorian. I think I'm saying that, that second. Right. Salad, yeah, in nineteen. Nice, right? Damn, well done, and. First, they enrolled in Albany College, which is now known as Lewis and Clark College, and then transferred in 1910 to attend Stanford University. You know, ever heard of it? Little school, <laughs> no big deal. I don't know. It's like <laughs> just tiny, tiny Damn. little school. It probably you haven't even heard. Um, okay, smarty pants. But here's the thing: this actually kind of turned into a huge turning point, where basically he would really grow into himself personally, socially. And sexually, um, Alan experienced the San Francisco nightlife, which even back then was a bit more open-minded. And I'm not saying compared to later in history, but Mm -hmm. for that time period, um, they started donning men's clothing and started having masculine habits, which I'm kind of like, I don't know what Uh, that means. What does that mean? I know. (laughs) Leave that to you to decide. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and they started dating women, which, you know, uh-huh. exactly. How did that um, go? Well, I mean, it seems it went pretty well. I mean, they also started because there wasn't one for women. They started the first women's debate club at Stanford. And they just, again, the behavior would ostracize them. And they just didn't really understand them. As a former classmate said in a 1918 news article, Dr. Hart was a brilliant student. She had the distinction of being the only woman in the class, but she dressed often in very mannish style, wearing particularly masculine hats and shoes and frequently tight skirts. She walked with a noticeable mannish stride, which, hmm. all right, my guy, like you need to like <laughs> just Chill. let them be. Let like, them be. But I mean, this is also 1918. There's going to be some things that come up later. So Hart would return to Albany College and graduate in 1912 before moving on to enroll in the University of Oregon Medical School. Now, again, they would focus more on their studies and would be actually the first woman to receive the Sailor Medical Award for achieving the highest standing in all departments of the school. Basically, they just like were good at everything. Like They focused so much on their studies, like every department, they were top of their class. Wow. Right. Oh, my God. This person is very (laughs) smart. (laughs) Holy shit. I am so impressed already. Right. But here's what stinks. Oh, boy. You have to do this to me. 
<laughs> I know, I know. But don't worry, don't worry. Okay. We're we're a dopamine. We're gonna get there. Dopamine podcasts. Worry. We're gonna get good good things. Because all the success didn't mean that Hart was happy. There was something that they weren't feeling was being true to themselves. So while in school, Hart would actually begin to work with the university professor and doctor, J. Allen Gilbert, and finally revealed their truth. They didn't consider themselves a woman and were also attracted to other women. And we all know this because Dr. Gilbert, who actually was pretty open-minded in the sense of they tried to respect their privacy in this case study, he would only refer to them as H, so to protect their identity. Mm -hmm. And Hart would go on to like really rely on them through all of this because we're talking the 1910s. There's no visibility into someone else navigating something like this. No, absolutely not. And the case study that Dr. Gilbert would write was called homosexuality and its treatment. Oh boy. Because that was yep, coming. <laughs> yep. We're oh in boy. that time when gender identification discrepancies and homosexuality were considered a mental illness. Uh, yeah. So confided in this person who then turned around and weaponized it? Is that well no, because that's the thing. So basically they were very noticeable about how this affected them. They even made a statement about how like we like they I don't have the direct quote, but it was something along the lines of like, we both see like they're a very intellectual person. I don't think they're crazy. They just are this way and I can't explain it. Hmm. Which okay. right, for that time period was a lot more open minded than other yeah. things. Yeah. And the worst thing was though that they took a note that Hart often said that suicide had been repeatedly considered as an avenue of escape from her dilemma. And both of them tried their best to convert. You can't see my fingers doing the air quotes, (laughs) but they tried to convert. They both wanted this into a conventional woman through therapy and hypnosis. Like they were trying these different ways to be that because Hart just was not happy and knew mm. like I'm not right, so oh, breaks my heart. But I yeah, know, and finally, yeah. yeah. So Hart reportedly said life had become so unbearable that I felt myself confronted by only two alternative courses: either to kill myself or to refuse to live longer in my misfit role of a woman. Basically, I can either die or I can just admit like I am not right in this role as a woman i'm gonna guess it was the latter <laughs> <laughs> lucky for spoiler. us spoiler spoiler thank thankfully. god okay good <laughs> so this is when Hart refused further conversion therapies some articles noting that if this worked, Hart realized that they would no longer think feel or act like a man and that thought repulsed them they didn't want that so Hart would have a full hysterectomy performed wow and while citing the public stance that, unfortunately, this is a horrible stance to have, but abnormal inversions need to be sterilized. Yeah, that's how they put it. Some sources actually theorize it was more a gender-affirming surgery because it was going to stop menstruation and the possibility of becoming pregnant. So the same year that Hart graduated, the hysterectomy happened, he cut his hair, he got a male wardrobe, and as Dr. Gilbert wrote, she made her exit as a female and started as a male with a whole new hold on life and ambitious worthy of her high degree of intellectual into yes. uh, of her high degree of intellectuality. Yes. 
I'm clapping. So, I can't hear it. Right? <laughs> so that's when he began working as an intern in San Francisco Hospital later that year. So 1917 was the year for Alan. Okay. My like, God, Alan. So he, he <laughs> graduates, <laughs> right? He has his, uh, his hysterectomy. Um, he's 27. Oh my God. Over so it's not even like Right. And this is actually when they would also meet their first wife, Inez Stark, who was a school teacher. So <gasps> then exciting. Right. So Aww. he's falling in love. He's like experiencing this, like, and this is also when he starts presenting he's truly presenting himself as male, where he, I believe he um signed up for the draft. Um, so he could possibly be drafted as a male. He has this relationship with his wife, uh, who will become his wife anyways. Um, and he's applying as a male to these different positions, including one that was for a laboratory position at a nearby hospital in 1918. And then all hell broke loose. Apparently back then, snitches get stitches wasn't a thing. Oh boy. Not even in a hospital. Like, oh boy. If, if you're going to get stitches anywhere, that's where it would be. But no, no, no. I'm nervous. What happened? A former classmate recognized him and told people at the hospital. So not only did word get around faster than hot gossip in Grey's Anatomy, but, <laughs> which is still on the air. I still can't believe it. Um, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Right? Get your money, girl. But the newspapers learned of the story and went with the headlines, Woman poses as man intern in hospital at Frisco or intern unmasked as girl graduate of Oregon school. What? Like, oh, let's be real here. Like, Come regardless on. of gender, she still graduated with all the, th- she was just as like qualified to yeah, do. Yeah, what's that have to do Sorry. with anything? They, I'm just saying if it was a female, she would have, you know, however. Yeah. Oh. And then, so... Hart would resign the internship and move back to Oregon. Mm. And despite such obvious fuckery, mm-hmm. Hart stood by his decision to transition. Good. In a newspaper article published in 1918, that same year, he said, I had to do it. For years, I had been unhappy. I have been happier since I made this change than I ever have in my life. And I will continue this way as long as I live. Very Fuck, few yeah. people can understand and I have had some of the biggest insults of my career. I came home to show my friends that I am ashamed of nothing. Fuck yeah, like, Alan. Yes, Get sir. It. Yes, uh-huh. sir. Oh, my God. I got chills. Mm-hmm. Oh. So he began practicing in a small coastal town of Gardner, Oregon, but again was recognized <sighs> and had to move. So between 1918 and 1927, Hart worked as a doctor in at least seven states. And I had a note here. Wait, is he me? Like, (laughs) Yeah, I I see a parallel here. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Continually resigning by request in his positions. He married and then would divorce Inez Stark and actually would remarry to his second wife, Edna Ruddick, in New York in 1925. He graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a master's in radiology in 1928 and was named the director of radiology. Damn. Right? Get it. So despite people coming for him, he's like, no, no, no. I'm still going to do what I do. I'm going to use these smarts for something. 
Like, and I will say some of the sources say that his work in radiology was due to him thinking that if his past was uncovered, it wouldn't matter as much in this field. But regardless, Hmm. his work in the field would actually prove to save countless lives. Ugh. Ugh. Because, all right, think about this, Kelly. We're in the early 20th century. Yeah. What do you think was the biggest, like, health concern, cause of death, like, illness, Hmm. disease in the U.S. at that time? Didn't you say it earlier? Was it? Not typhoid. Um, no, we're past that? typhoid. Uh, we're in, uh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's too many things that actually have a cough now. Yeah, wait, what it. is, <laughs> which one is it? Is it? It's not the black lung pop. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so it was tuberculosis, also oh, tuberculosis. known as consumption. Mm-hmm. Yes. So basically it's a disease of the lungs and it could affect the brain and the spine. Um, I mean, it, it can progress if you don't detect it early enough. And oftentimes there weren't even symptoms unless you're like coughing up blood. And normally that's pretty late. Um, and it was kind of seen at first as like a romantic disease. Like those. <laughs> so romantic. I know that's wild to say, but like those who were more sensitive to life were afflicted and just slowly waste away. You can't see my hand against my forehead. <laughs> I can I can hear it. <laughs> All right. But then it became more stigmatized. It was because it became such a big, huge health concern because it was highly infectious. It spreads through the air person to person. Not that we would know anything about No, that. not at all. No. Nothing recent in history <laughs> that will repeat every 100 years. Right. Oh. So what's really interesting is that heart actually would become the heart of the pioneering use of radiology to detect tuberculosis. No way. This way, you got faster treatment for patients who had it, and it prevented others from getting and spreading the disease. Ugh. Yeah. Alan, he, you're saving lives. Right? And he actually would get his master's in public health at Yale, you know. Wait, what? how many degrees does he have at this point? Right? <laughs> he's, he's like, Alan, go to bed. Yale. He's going to Stanford. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's going... like our friend Judith. <laughs> right. Judith we trust. Like the now two of Alan we trust. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alan and Judith will save the world. (laughs) Yeah, that's the show I want to (laughs) see. Right. But yeah, not only that, but he became the x-ray director of the State Health Department Office of Tuberculosis Control, Hospital Care and Rehabilitation, hosting tuberculosis x-ray screenings and public education programs in Connecticut communities. So he also understood the stigma and some think with his own struggles with being labeled led him to calling himself and his patients chest doctors or chest patients, as opposed to saying it was TB because then people started treating them differently. Mm, smart. Yeah. Right. But just like the way you have to reframe certain things so that people don't give you a stigma, a certain, don't give you that stink eye, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So not only did he accomplish all this, but he would also write Four novels that were like a little bit of autobiographies because they revolved around themes of medicine and sexuality, which you can imagine were pretty progressive for the time. And while I haven't read them, allegedly the figure that most resembled Alan Hart in his stories would meet a tragic end. But our boy Alan did not. Yes. He would stay happily married to Edna for 37 years. Um, After synthetic male hormones became available after World War II, he used them to grow facial hair and get a deeper voice. And the couple would spend the rest of their days in Connecticut, which actually might be tragic. I don't. Okay. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> kind of. <laughs> and all our Connecticut listeners are like, fuck Bye. you. <laughs> hey, I went to guitar camp in New Milford at the Canterbury School. So shout out. Love you guys. <laughs> uh, I lived in Connecticut and... I love some of the people there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't live there anymore. (laughs) And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But newspapers regularly noted the couple's social and professional activities, like the public health programs, tuberculosis x-ray screenings, and mentioned Edna's attendance at social functions and charity events, where between the two of them, his gender was never questioned, and she was regularly referred to as Mrs. Allen Hart. Ugh. But on July 1st, 1962, Alan Hart would pass away from heart failure in Hartford, Connecticut. And while he requested certain documents be destroyed at his passing, we do know a lot of his story because of his own writings and his work. And it wasn't until a journalist in 1976 began to look at Dr. Gilbert's work that more of the history became known. Now, there is some debate uh, in the LGBTQIA plus community, le Um <laughs> Sorry, I heard that once. I love it. Uh, but there is a debate in the community whether he was truly trans or a lesbian who was masculine presenting in a specific time period. I think there's legitimate arguments for all sides. I don't think gender identity is so cut and dry as we know nowadays. Yeah. And also sexuality and things like that. So while Alan was assigned female at birth and lived more masculine, it seems to me that overall, not only did he get to live his truth, he went by Alan and also he got to study medicine, fall in love with someone he was drawn to, attracted to. Ultimately, he also used what he could to save lives in a way that you know, with the whole using the right terminology that would keep people from discriminating against patients and the work he was doing and bringing that to the public and being respected as that, I think Alan got to live the life that however they present, they truly wanted to. And so I just want to say, I love that for you, Alan Hart. You were somebody that we can learn a lot from. There's so much more that we, I wish we could have learned because unfortunately they kept a lot of themselves private because they were afraid of all these stigmas and having to move and uproot their lives. And people don't go through all that effort because it's just a blip or it's just something, you know, I know I'm speaking to this and I'm not the perfect person to be saying this, but I think it does need to be brought up so that people can have these discussions about, you know what gender means to you and like you know if you don't always agree it's okay as long as you know you got to respect where people are coming from and just trying to live the life that makes them happy what a trailblazer like right there alan must have been one of the first if not the first right like Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure there's others that may not be as well documented or we just haven't heard of but I had never heard of Alan before, and I'm surprised we haven't because, I mean, trailblazer, like, right. literally, like, it, it didn't even have a trail to go on, like, made the trail. Like, it's just so much goes to say for, like, and he got, like, go so many times, but did not give mm-hmm. up, like, got up one more time, then he got knocked down. Like, that's just so admirable. 
I'm yeah, I, I did find this really nice quote from a professor, a history professor named Peter Bogue or Boag. I'm sorry, I'm butchering your name, but he's a prof- or they're a professor at Washington State University and an award-winning LGBT historian. And they said, when uncovering the story of someone from the past, especially someone from the early 20th century, someone who today we would identify as transgender, we have to remember that although trans identity is recent in history, People often forget that trans people lived in the past. Uncovering the story of any trans person is not just something that affirms trans people's existence today. It rewrites our history. Oh, Alan, I love that for you. Yeah. yeah that's the thing. I, we know it's a hot topic and a lot of people have their opinions about it. And we want to say that we are supportive of people living their truth and Whatever's going to make them happy. We're happy to hear opinions as long as you are coming from a place of kindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to hear your stories. We mm-hmm. don't want to hear any hate speech towards anyone just because you don't identify as that. We understand. And that's how you choose to live. However, we want to also give the opportunity for other people to live the life they want to live. So we are a kindness first podcast and dopamine infused so we will not be taking any of that haterade over here thank you thank you go to another podcast for that well you guys should consider emailing us at i love that for you pod at gmail.com and giving us a follow at i love that for you pod what else red I mean, I would also say look more into the story of Alan Hart. Look into other historical figures of all different communities. Pride Month is not just June. You should be proud every single month of the year, um, however you identify. Even though, again, we're not the best people to be giving a platform to others, we still want to give any opportunity to give a platform when we can. Absolutely. And so if you guys have any other people you'd like us to highlight or maybe historical figures that we are not aware of uh hello you have your history nerd right here who wants to hear all the stories (laughs) and i'm just the chaotic one in more recent history we're both chaotic it's just a different time period you know with red you're gonna get a very well laid out historical figure with me you'll get a interesting recent person with just absolute chaos (laughs) we don't know yet we could totally switch this up like all yeah you know what it's not too late Right. We'll switch. Well, we should switch. I should try doing a historical one, and you'll do a, a more recent one. <laughs> yeah, maybe not next episode, but we yeah. will. <laughs> we'll do well eventually. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So tune in for that, listeners. And Woo-hoo. we love that for you. See you next time. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for joining us on I Love That For You. Our theme song is by Vaudeville and used with permission. Our cover art is by Jenny Lamb, edited to the best of our abilities by Kelly and Red. If you want us to spotlight someone, have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at ilovethatforyoupod at gmail.com or join us on Instagram at ilovethatforyoupod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love, and if you want to help support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. This helps us spread the love and reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you.